Hello, everyone. Pastor Kurt here. Thanks for joining me for today's devotion. It is Tuesday, February 20th, 2024. Today I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. Uh, the readings today come from the Revised Common Lectionary Daily Readings, and you can find a link to those in the show notes below. I also have listed there the readings for today if you wanted to pause this and look those up before we continue. I do encourage you to follow along in your own Bible. Whatever translation you have is just fine. And then after each reading, there'll be a moment of silence for you to spend time reflecting on the passage, and then I'll offer up some of my own thoughts and reflections. So before we begin, let us pray. O God of grace and glory, we are thankful for this time to be together. And we ask, Lord, that as we open these scriptures, as we read their words and reflect, that you would open us to your will for our lives. Help us to see and help us to hear what you would have us know. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so our first reading today is from the book of Job, chapter 5, verses 8 through eight through 27. And so we skip ahead just a little bit from where we left off yesterday. So again, Job 5, 8 through 27. As for me, I would seek God, and to God I would commit my cause. He does great things and, and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. He gives rain on the earth and sends water on the fields. He sets on high those who are lowly, and those who mourn are lifted to safety. He frustrates the devices of the crafty, so that their hands achieve no success. He takes the wise in their own craftiness, and the schemes of the wily are brought to a quick end. They meet with darkness in the daytime, and grope at noonday as in the night. But he saves the needy from the swift of their mouth, from the hand of the mighty, so the poor have hope and injustice shuts its mouth. How happy is the one whom God improves, reproves! Therefore do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. For he wounds, but he binds up. He strikes, but his hand heals. He will deliver you from six troubles. In seven no harm shall touch you. In famine he will redeem you from death, and in war from the power of the sword. You shall be hidden from the scourge of the tongue and shall not fear destruction when it comes. As at destruction and famine you shall laugh, and shall not fear the wild animals of the earth. For you shall be in league with the stones of the field, and the wild animals shall be at peace with you. You shall know that your tent is safe. You shall inspect your fold and miss nothing. You shall know that your descendants will be many, and your offspring like the grass of the earth. You shall come to your grave in ripe old age, as a shock of grain comes up to the threshing floor in its season. See, we have searched this out, it is true. Hear and know it for yourself. All right, so um, we have uh, we're, we're listening to Eliphaz again, um, 
who is, uh, after chastising um, Job in yesterday's reading for um, that he must have done something wrong to deserve what happened to him, um, now he's kind of uh, talking a little bit about, um, well, there's really kind of two sections here. The first one begins in verse 8, and he talks about um, uh, the goodness of God, the greatness of God, right? As for me, I would seek God, and to God I would commit my cause. He does great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. And so he's uh, encouraging Job to turn back to God, um, because God, God does great things. God can make you know great things happen, and and I'm really on board with this first part of this because uh, this has kind of really been the message that I've been really talking about over the last couple of weeks in my sermons, and we've talked a lot about this in the podcast. Um, this idea that uh, really what Lent is all about is about a returning to God to 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 focus our attention on God. Um, as we looked at our book study um, yesterday. Um, if you're a part of the book study that we're doing on Psalm 23, that was a really big theme in that as well, that when we focus our attention on the Lord, um, then we find true contentment because um, when our focus is on the Lord, then all the other things in, the, in our life that seek to bombard us, um, you know, the money and power and fame and, and uh, you know, struggling for who's more important, um, you know, struggling for, uh, to have more than the other people, you know, all those things kind of disappear. And what we end up instead is focusing more on, on who God is and the character of God, the love and the compassion and the mercy, those things, which we are then encouraged to share with other people. So we, uh, you know, when we, uh, focus our attention on God, then we're less focused on ourselves and the things that we want and the things that we need. And we're more focused on, on what um, those around us need, right? We, we, we just shift the way that we think about things. And that really a big, is a big part of what God, um, why God is so great and why God is so amazing because it's not even about God um, and God's self, right? It's about um, caring for other people because that was the thing that Jesus tried to demonstrate um, with his actions. It, it, he tried to lower himself even though he was God, right? Even though he is God and even though he, has every um, every reason to be lifted up. Um, he he lowered himself so that others could be lifted up. Right. He washed his disciples' feet. He tried to tell people not to not to go about bragging about the healing that he did, but just receive the healing in and of itself. And so, those are the types of things that uh, that we think about with this. And so then the second part of this passage. Um, Eliphaz shifts from this, you know, turn back to God, focus on God, God is amazing, um, to um, God offers punishment, right? He says here in verse 17, how happy is the one whom God reproves or um, how happy are the ones that God uh, chastises or that God corrects? Right. Therefore, do not despise the discipline of the Almighty, for he for he wounds, but he binds up; he strikes, but he ha- but his hands heal. And so he goes on to say that, you know, um, just like a parent, right, punishes their children for doing something wrong, um, you know, so does God do the same thing. God uh, God is basically punishing your wrongdoing. So he hasn't really given up on this idea that Job must have done something wrong. He just kind of thinks that Job is is not being truthful. He's not confessing what he has done, and um, and so he's he's still insistent that 
Job must have done something to deserve what happened to him. Although we know, at least in, in our scriptures here, that nothing was attributed to him as being done wrong. Um, but, uh, but then he goes on to talk about um, that even though God punishes, he also lifts up. Um, and really, one of the things that I've always struggled with as a person of faith, not just as a pastor, but is, is really how do we deal with the concepts of, um, and we've talked about why bad things happen to people, but, you know, does, does God discipline? And um, when God does discipline, what discipline does that take, take form, right? Does God, you know, does God truly cause horrible things to happen to us as a way to teach us a lesson or as a way to test us? Or, or does God um, discipline in, in other ways? Um, or does God encourage us to change our ways in different ways? Because when we think about the reasons why we, we offer correction to our children, right? Um, there are a lot of different ways that parents um, discipline their children. Um, some, it is by spanking them, uh, by um, having some sort of a physical reminder of why what they did is such a bad thing. Others uh, discipline them through their words, uh, through their actions, by taking a privilege away. Uh, there are many different ways of disciplining our children, but um, the main purpose behind that is to get them to change their behavior. And so how do we um, encourage, um, or how does God encourage us then to change our ways? Um, does God you know, really go about killing our children and destroying everything that we have in order to punish us for the things that we have done? Or does God do um, other things? Um, I tend to lean more towards the um, the way that, that God disciplines us is by letting us deal with the consequences of our poor decisions. Um, I think uh, that is one of the ways in which God helps us to see the error of our ways and seeks to bring us back. Um you know, I, I think um, it's really kind of a hard concept to think about, um, and, and there's no really easy answer to it. The scriptures are full of different ways in which we see God uh, disciplining and punishing us, um, from loving actions to more forceful things, like um, the, the suggestion by Eliphaz here of God, you know, causing these horrible things to happen to teach him some sort of a lesson. Uh, but um, we see that that idea in the book of Job being wrestled with, you know, how does God punish? How does God discipline? Does God punish? Um, you know, what, what are some of those things in the ways that God does that? Um, again, like I said, I, I kind of tend to lean towards the idea that the way God seeks to correct us, to discipline us from the things that we've done wrong is to um, help, is to allow us to deal with the consequences of our choices and um, and then God seeks to lift us up, like it says here, right? Um, uh, to lift us up in the midst of those poor decisions so that we can hopefully learn from the things that we have done. Um, anyway, um, so I lift those up. And then just the last thing I briefly lift up here is verse 23. It says, For you shall be in league with the stones of the field, and the wild animals shall be at peace with you. Um, and, you know, those of you who have listened to me for a long time know that I just love to spend time outside and in nature. And just, you know, Sunday after church, I went and I walked around the lake that's close to uh, to Ogallala there, Lake Ogallala. And 
Um, I just do find peace um, in nature, and it's a great way just to connect with God who created all things. And, and so this passage really made me think about that. For you shall be in league with the stones of the field, and the wild animals shall be at peace with you. And I think the more we are connected with, um, with creation, with um, the natural order of things, I think the closer we are to God because um, it puts us in, into connection with the one who created all things. Um, so that's just a final thought about this. All right, well, let's look at our last reading for today. And this is going to be uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 18a. So anytime you see an A or a B, right, an A stands for the first half of the verse. A B is for the last half of the verse. So this is 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 18a. Finally, all of you have unity of spirit, sympathy, love for one another, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or abuse for abuse, but on the contrary, repay with a blessing. It is for this that you were called, that you might inherit a blessing. For those who desire life and desire to see good days, let them keep their tongues from evil and their lips from speaking deceit. Let them turn away from evil and do good. Let them seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their, open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now who will harm you if you are eager to do what is good? But even if you do suffer for doing what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear, and do not be intimidated. But in your hearts sanctify Christ as Lord. Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an accounting for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and reverence. Keep your conscience clear so that when you are maligned, those who abuse you for your good conduct in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if suffering should be God's will, than to suffer for doing evil. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, in order to bring you to God. There is so much uh, in this short passage to talk about, um, and I want to try not to go on too long here, but we see this opening part um, talks about the good that we as followers of Christ are supposed to do in the world, right? Talks about um, for loving love of one another, having a tender heart, uh, a humble mind, right? A humble, humility is such a, a huge thing in in the Christian um in Christianity and as to being a follower of Christ, to be humble, to lower oneself, right? To not lift yourself up as in, as in more important than anybody else. Uh, we have value and we have importance in the eyes of Christ, um, but we are no better than anybody else. And so to keep that mindset in a world that really is about survival of the fittest, about pushing yourself forward, about 
um, you know, showing how tough you are and only the strong survive type of mentality that we oftentimes see in our culture in the United States. Um, this is a, a very different perspective and view on the world that we live in. Uh, it goes on to talk about, right, keeping your tongue from evil, verse 10, and their lips from speaking deceit. Um, let them turn away from evil and do good. Um, talks about, uh, you know, um, verse 9, do not repay evil for evil or abuse for abuse, but on the contrary, repay evil with a blessing. Um, you know, when I, when I think about this, um, one of my one of my favorite types of action movies to uh, watch are revenge movies. Um, they're, they're just really exciting. And I'm kind of a little ashamed to admit that um, because um, revenge is so counter uh, to Christian ideals and values. Um, Jesus talks about that quite a bit in, in the Gospels where he talks about you know, turning the other cheek and do not repay evil for evil type stuff. And we see that again reflected here in First Peter, not returning evil for evil, um, but instead return evil with a blessing. Um, so, but in our culture and in our society, that is a really hard concept to, to really grab hold of because um, that is not uh, the type of mentality that, that we see pervasive within our culture. Um, I remember when 9-11 happened, uh, I remember where I was. Um, I was working nights uh, for Walmart. Um, it was, uh, we lived in Casper at the time. Um, I was uh, in charge of the shoe department. And I just remember, um, you know, I was working nights as we were preparing for the Christmas season. And um, uh, because, you know, in, in, uh, in retail, we, pre we start preparing for Christmas clear back in August and September. Um, so I just remember, though, um, I was I was asleep and from the night and and Sherry, my wife, she came in and woke me up. And, and I just remember seeing that on TV. And so one of the what was our first response, though, after 9-11 happened, it was after the, the initial grief and shock at what that, you know, this actually happened. Uh, the country came together, which was an amazing thing. That was one of the one of the cool things I remember about that that as a result of, of being attacked, we were, uh, we came together as a country in a way that, you know, that I still remember to this day and, and wish that we could have come together like that during the pandemic. Um, but we didn't. Um, and so we came together, which was a good thing, but we came together for a bad thing. And that was to seek revenge. I mean, I just remember how strong that call was that um, the people who did this to us had to pay uh, they had to to face the consequences of this, um, and uh, and and so what was the result of that? And maybe this is kind of a controversial thing, um, so don't get mad at me about this. But and I'd be love to have a conversation with you about this. Um, but what was the result of of what we did? Um, it just created more violence. It created war. Um, some of that retribution had to, had nothing to do with anything that happened on nine eleven either. Um, there was so many things behind all of those wars. We we ended up in multiple wars um, throughout uh, since then to today. Um, we just got out of Afghanistan, which was kind of, you know, maybe not directly related to 9-11, but it was all kind of in that. So we've been over in that Middle East for so long. And, and now we find ourselves, even though we're not, um, you know, uh, 
don't have boots on the ground in Israel, but we still find ourselves uh, embroiled in the midst of all that over there in Iraq and all those things. It just, it, it didn't really solve anything. I wonder what would have happened if we had changed the way that we responded to that horrible, horrible action against us. Um, I don't want to minimize how horrible that was and how many people died and, and the loss of, uh, of life and, and relationships. And there was just so much evil, evil actions create ripple effects, right, out into the world. And it affects so many different aspects of life. And, um, you know, I, I think it's hard to describe how evil, um, how that evil act really impacted everything. Um, but I wonder how differently things would have been if we had responded, not with revenge, but with a blessing, as it says here in verse 9. Do not repay evil for evil or abuse for abuse, but on the contrary, repay with a blessing. It is for this that you were called, that you might inherit a blessing. So by giving a blessing, we then receive blessings in return. I don't know. I don't know if we'll, well, we will probably won't ever know the answer to that question because that's not how we responded. But um, it is it is a hard one, and and I don't claim to have the answers. If we, you know, I just know what the scripture says. Um, I don't know. It, and I wasn't a you know a big Christian back then. I. I probably would have called myself a Christian, but I really wasn't going to church back then. So, I mean, it wasn't a, you know, my faith certainly didn't inform how I felt about the whole situation. Um, but I think the other thing it, it lists here that I, is something to think about in verse 16. It's, it's a verse 16b. This is the second half of this passage. It says, keep your conscience clear so that when you are maligned, uh, maligned, you know, so when, when you are, um, when somebody does something bad to you, when you are maligned, those who abuse you for your good conduct in Christ may be put to shame. And so, um, if we were to have responded to, um, to the negative things that were done to us with good, um, then it actually heaps more shame onto the other, right? Um, because, uh, it would, it's so easy then for the other side, then when you respond in violence to say, well, look what you've done to me now, um, where instead, if we had offered a blessing back in return, whatever that blessing might've looked like, um, then it would have just made the other side look even worse. And we've seen examples of this in, in real life too. Um, maybe not in such big ways, but well, those are some of my thoughts about nine 11. I, and about this passage, I, don't, I just, it's a hard thing. It's a hard, hard thing. And um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I could, um, I didn't know anybody who was, who was killed in, in the 9-11 attacks. Um, but it would be hard for me to, to sit before somebody who lost a loved one and say, hey, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have gone after bin Laden. I, I don't know if I could, you know, sit before them and say that, but um what I do know is what the scripture passage just said, and um, and it's a hard word to hear. All right, well, I'm going to be done talking about that now. So we're going to spend some time in prayer. I'll be lifting up some prayer requests or categories of prayer. And after each prayer request, there'll be a moment of silence for you to lift up your own personal prayers to God. And then I will 
Um, say the words, Lord, in your mercy, you responsibly hear our prayer. And when we're done with all of the prayer requests, we'll join together in the Lord's Prayer. So let us pray. O loving and gracious God, I am so thankful for all that you have placed upon our hearts today through these readings and reflections. Some of the things that we talked about today, Lord, were not easy concepts for us to, to internalize. And so I just pray, Lord, that you would continue to help us wrestle with these ideas of, of love and forgiveness um, in the midst of bad things that happen to us. Um, help us to draw closer in um, our responses to the ways that you would act in this world. And so now we come before you with those things that are heavy on our hearts. And we begin, Lord, by praying for the people of our faith communities. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who are suffering and those who are in trouble. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the concerns of our local communities. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the world, its peoples, and its leaders. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the beautiful earth you have given to our care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the Church Universal, its leaders, its members, and its mission. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, we lift all this before you, praying for healing, comfort, strength, peace, and wisdom as we pray the prayer you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, that is all for today's readings and devotion. I hope you were able to hear a word from God for your life today. If you have any questions, suggestions, prayer requests, or would like to share with me some of your own thoughts or reflections on today's readings, I would love to hear from you. And you can send those to the show email at admin at pastorkurt.com. Now may you go forth today in peace, shine light of Christ everywhere you go. Until next time, have a blessed day. Bye.